0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the St. Philip Institute. I guess we're calling these mini-sodes. During this time of quarantine and self-isolation, we were coming up with other episodes to put together uh, to hopefully minister to your particular state in life. Uh, And today's episode, we're going to talk with Emily Frazee uh, about why self-care matters. Uh, but before we jump in, uh, we will start with a prayer. Thank you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we thank you for the gift of our faith. We thank you for this opportunity to be together. Uh, we ask that you bless this conversation and bless those who hear it. And we ask all these things in your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I guess before we do a deep dive, we should do some introductions. My name is Deanna Johnston. I am the director of family life for the St. Philip Institute. I have a baby on my lap if you're wondering why, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> why I'm shaking. <laughs> I'm joined by my co host,
1: Mickey Siva. I am the catechetical specialist here at the St. Philip Institute.
0: And our special guest today is Emily Frazee from Total Wine. Uh, a, a blog or Instagram but Emily can you tell us about yourself and your background?
2: Yeah so uh, I actually moved at the Tyler when I was 15 and uh, my parents are still there so wow that was 15 years ago. Um, <laughs> but yeah so still kind of maintained uh, ties with the Tyler diocese love love everything that's going on there but I live up in uh, Northern Virginia with my husband and our two kids. Uh, two toddlers aged three and two and uh yeah so my blog kind of came out of um the isolation that i was feeling when i first stayed home uh after i left the workforce after i had my first and uh just had this passion for writing and so i just started this blog to um share the faith and motherhood and all sorts of topics in an authentic way um to share, like to share honestly and joyfully. You know, I think that um, one of the things that we as Catholics kind of struggle with is is saying that, hey, you know what, we love our faith; it's beautiful, but it's really difficult to live. And being able to say both at the same time, I think, is is something that we uh, we can do better with. So. Agreed.
0: Definitely. Definitely. And you do such a great job. And please look her up on Instagram and uh, and the blog itself. We'll put those links in the details of this video. But today's conversation is going to be centered on self-care. And it might be kind of a surprising term. And we're going to try to define what that is. Uh, But during this time of quarantine, I think we've seen a lot of videos or maybe Facebook ads about just the importance of self-care. And we know that that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to go off for a spa treatment or (laughs) something like that, but the importance of taking care of self. And and I don't know about y'all, but I kind of get the sense that self-care is something that moms in particular struggle with and I know Mickey and I when we have our podcast we have these conversations we really come at this through the perspective of mothers because we both have well no I have four kids so you have three kids um, but yes yeah, self-care how do we how do we define that
2: Yeah so I think it's really important to first make the distinction between self-care and self-indulgence. And as Catholics, we can't really have a conversation about self-care without talking about soul care as well. Recognizing the connection and the interplay between body and soul, right? That if you separate the two, you're dead. Um, So that we need to treat each one of those things with a balance and with a healthy respect. Um, That self-care as a Catholic is not just about, you know, doing nothing like rest rest doesn't mean sitting around lounging all day rest can mean i need to get off my butt and go do the dishes that have been sitting in the sink for five days you know because that is something that we need to do to conquer ourself um and so that is actually a form of self-love so i think that we have to understand this in a much broader um catholic context catholic language kind of as the uh umbrella over this entire conversation
1: when i first heard the term self-care i thought it was um someone's like excuse to be selfish without calling it selfish right (laughs) and so uh because i and i i'm gonna admit i have struggled with self-care probably my whole marriage and motherhood uh, mm-hmm. probably my whole life because for me and I, I wasn't ever aware of the term self-care until, I don't know, maybe um, five to seven years ago, you know, really learning like people using self-care. And I'm like, isn't that just a way to just say, I, I want to do what I want. And right. people struggle with that or I, I struggle with it. So can you shed any light on uh, how to sort of make that distinction in, in your mind? Right.
2: Well, I think it's definitely something that we as Catholic mothers kind of fall into this trap of we need to offer it up. We need to die to ourselves. And kind of the, the really bad end of that spectrum is, is that we turn ourselves into martyrs and we forget that the word martyr just means witness. It doesn't mean that we die a glorious death, you know. <laughs> um, and so the way that we witness as mothers is to pour out love to our families But we have to check that with the very fact that we can't pour out what we don't have. But even worse, we're only gonna pour out what we have within us. So if we're empty, we have nothing to give. If we're full of vinegar, we're gonna pour out vinegar. And so if we want to give our families love, we have to remember that we have to be filled with it first. Mm. And that if we come up, if we butt up against the fact that we're empty, or we just have a really short fuse, then there has to be some kind of self-awareness mechanisms that we put in place to say, hey, you know what? Something's off right now and I need to figure that out so that I can respond to everything that I have to do in my life over the course of the day, responding to tantrums, you know, trying to cultivate a healthy marriage, keeping the house under wraps, working at a job, teaching my kids, you know all the things that we're having to face right now we still have to remember that if we're the ones orchestrating that, then we have to be in tip-top shape too. Yes,
0: yes that's such a good point. And I'm glad you, you mentioned that whole idea of dying to self because, yeah, we are called to die to self. And especially in the sacrament of marriage, we're, we're called to be that gift of self in a very profound way. We also have the grace of the sacrament to help us to actually live that out. But there is a healthy balance. And that's I think that's the beauty of our Catholic faith is right. it's a both and, it's a dying to self, but it's also making sure, like you said, that we have something, to give, and I think that's something during quarantine and self-isolating, and really getting to know my domestic church, or really my family, really, really well, um, is realizing that if I'm not at peace, it's going to be really difficult right. to offer that to my family. Or um, so when we talk about the self-care. Um, this, I mean, this really is a Catholic concept because we're we're all about body soul. That it's a both and. It's not well. All I need to do is just pray, or all I need to do is, you know, not sleep at all and and just sacrifice the physical. It's an it's an integration of body soul, and that's, that's such an important uh, piece of our faith.
2: Leo agrees. <laughs>
0: that
2: was that was a resounding affirmation. I like
0: <laughs> So as Catholics, like what does self-care look like for I muted, I muted myself, sorry. What is the Catholic what does self-care look like for, for a Catholic mom?
2: Right. Well, as with everything in the Catholic faith, it's gotta be rooted in prayer, right? If you can't you can't give love if you are not constantly seeking the source of love. But we have to understand that what prayer is gonna look like in our life as mothers is not, you know, the the way that we apply pray without ceasing is not gonna look like it does in a monastery or a convent, right, mm-hmm. it has to be very practical. Um, you know, I think as moms, we can probably, it, it, might, it might take some discipline and some effort at first, but I think that over time we can develop, we can find at least 15 minutes a day where, you know, we can actually focus on just connecting with God. Um, like a rosary takes about twenty minutes, a Divine Mercy Chapel takes about ten. Reflecting on the daily readings can take about fifteen minutes. So finding fifteen minutes to just have some sort of formal prayer time, just kind of you know to ground your day, I think is really important. But the praying without ceasing, as a mom, um, you know, I've really come to understand God as my Father so much deeper through being a mother to my kids. And just finding all of these little moments throughout the day where your role as mother kind of gives you this insight into who God is as our father. You know, those can be those great moments to connect. So just as a tangible example, when my kids are throwing a tantrum, I look at this child and I just see my spiritual self just manifested in human form. And, you know, if I think about it, I stop and I turn to God and I'm like, geez, how many times have I done this whenever you have told me to not do something because I was going to hurt myself or I was going to hurt somebody else? And I'm sorry that I rebelled against you. I'm starting to understand that even though I can't see everything that you're trying to tell me. There is wisdom and there is so much love behind it. So it becomes this moment of repentance and also understanding. And that becomes this positive feedback in the way that I, I handle those situations, you know, when tantrums are not every time I <laughs> am human um, and frequently have to go to confession saying that I got angry at my kids, but you know, uh, <laughs> but still those, it, it, it has really helped me to conquer that anger or to try to conquer that anger because I realize the way that God has treated me in those times. And then I can say, okay, God, now help me treat my kids with that same love. So, and that's, that's not, you know, having this, you know, hours long time in adoration, that's practical hands-on during the day, time to just lift my thoughts to God. Another time, um, another example is just, watching my kids be kids and have fun, you know, and enjoy playing with each other and enjoy discovering new things. And even those moments, I'm like, God, that must be what it's like for you every day, watching us, your children, learn about you and discover new things. So it becomes just sharing that joy with him as a parent, Mm -hmm. right? you know, I have that connection with him. So those kinds of little moments, if you just start to think of it in that way, all of a sudden your entire day becomes an opportunity for prayer. If if you just start to think about it and, you know, it it takes discipline and you've got to like make an effort to be conscious of it at first. And then as it becomes a habit, you know, it'll, it'll just become part of your day, a natural part of your day.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I was reading in a book, and I thought it was brilliant, but I haven't done it yet at my house. But there's a mom talking about when she established her, like, prayer time. She made it very clear, just like at breakfast, you sit down and you eat. She's like, she puts this sign on her door. I think it says MIP, so Mom in Prayer. And she hangs it on her door. She closes her bedroom door, and the kids know, like, that's mom's time, and it's going to be maybe 10 minutes. And um, she had to train them to... Mm-hmm. To not. I mean, and we do that with other things in our lives, right? Like we we set boundaries for our kids, like um you can't go across the street. So stop at stop at this point in the driveway. Um and so establishing whatever whatever routine um you've you've prayed and discerned, because I do think it takes some discernment and yes. about what does my prayer life look like? Um mm-hmm. like so one of the things for us is Uh, We try to pray the Angelus at, um, my husband and I say it at six in the morning, but we try to do it at noon, so around lunchtime. So my kids know, but before we say our blessing, we do an Angelus, grace before meals, and then we can eat. Same thing at dinner. And so, uh, or while dinner's cooking, you know, because it's not always done at six o'clock. But, uh, and it does take a little bit of time to set that structure. And so is there any advice you can give to moms who just like they've tried or maybe they just don't know what to do like what are the steps in sort of trying to establish what that is going to look like in your home and in your situation yeah i i think it's just a lot of trial and error and having patience
2: through that process you know like let's try to do the angelus and well it's not really working for us okay well let's try something else and i think uh, the other thing is and, and this is frankly, like, this is where we excel as women, is that we can look at these situations and say, this is what this particular moment needs. Like, that is where we are, like, God designed us for that kind of stuff, right? That's why he was like, you are going to be in charge of kids, you know? (laughs) This is your domain because you're really good at it. Um, So I, I think that, you know, just trial and error, having patience with yourself and, and don't try to go from zero to 60 in, you know, 2.5 seconds, right? These things take time to build. Understand that the spiritual life is a life and that you're not going to nail it on day one. You don't start running a marathon on day one. You train and you build little bit by little bit. And I think what it comes back to is that we have to have the trust that God sees that for what it is and loves it right? That, that it's, it's not about the things that we do. It's not about how much we do. It's about how much love do we put into it? What is your intention behind it? Why are you, did you fail? Fine. Did you try? Great. You know, and I think that we just have to take those little things, failures and victories and put it all in the hands of God and just say, look, the day got away from us. Didn't pan out how we wanted to. But, you know, we've got tomorrow, hopefully, and, and we'll try again, you know? And that that is what sanctity is. That's, it takes perseverance, it takes discipline. And it's hard to do every single day to get up and be like, yesterday was a mess. How am I gonna do it different today? You know, yeah. and and that takes, but, but that's, like I said, that's where we excel as women and as mothers is that we have that ability to adapt And I mean, look, like, like we're doing right now, we love to connect, right? We just, we're so relational. Don't tell me for one second that if you have a problem, it's not going to be like, you know, you're going to call up or, you know, Instagram or whatever, one of your mom friends and be like, how do you do this? You know, come on, let's talk about this, you know, so, so have developing these communities and in this day of social media, I mean, it's impossible not to. So, you know, just drawing on those sources of strength and getting those kinds of ideas, trying something one day. Um, Like one of the things I've done a couple days this week, and the kids actually seem to like it, um, was I started reading the daily readings out loud to them while they were coloring at the tables, you know. Or And I tried doing it while they were playing with toys, and they're running around like maniacs and screaming and shouting, and I'm still trying to read the readings over them. And I'm like, you know what?
0: this is just what it's going to be today. And it's fine. Yeah. fine. Yeah. God sees effort for sure. Yes. For sure. Yeah, And I know for me, one of the tendencies can be is to just compare and despair <laughs> when it comes to looking mm-hmm. at other Catholic families. And that can be some of the dark sides of, of social media and just watching how like, man, that family is rocking this self-isolation thing <laughs> and working from home and uh, also homeschooling or distance learning, and also cooking beautiful meals every single day. Like they are rocking it and I am just not, I'm just not there all the time. Uh, But to realize that our families are unique, our, 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 our situations are unique. And just because one family is able to do one thing or, or like praying the Angelus three times a day is working for the Sivas, it doesn't mean that the Johnstons are horrible <laughs> because we're, you know, we're just making the, or doing the best we can, or we just get like a decade of the rosary and if that <laughs> at, at nighttime with our kids. Um, so, yeah, I really like that emphasis on using your community to um, to uplift and not to, to just worry about, well, my prayer life doesn't look like hers. Cause I know for me, it just leads to, to just shutting down. Like if I can't do it, like Mickey, then why do it at all? Uh, but, but God, again, God sees our efforts and, and can work with that. Sure. And I think
2: those are the moments where we have to recognize, those those moments where we're comparing and saying, because I'm not doing what that person's doing, I'm not as holy
0: mm.
2: as Satan. I mean, come yeah. on. Like, what who, who else would come up to you and be like, so you didn't say a decade of the rosary today? Well, you're a terrible Catholic. Thank Never mind so the fact that, you know, maybe you had to deal with, you know, a stomach virus or you had to, you know, like you had to deal with something very serious in your marriage or, you know, the kids were trying to get these concepts for school and you were having to help them, whatever, you know, you were responding to the needs of the day and those, those needs don't go away. Again, like I go back to saying that we're not living in a monastery. We're not living in a convent. You know, we are mothers, we are doers. We have to do these things. So why not just turn those moments into moments where we lift up our thoughts to God? Um, You know, those quotes from um, like St. Teresa of Avila, actually a friend of mine printed this off for me um, and I have it above my kitchen sink. You know, even when you're in the kitchen, the Lord moves among the pots and the pans. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, don't want, but the other thing is a little tangent here, but because we're Catholic, we have the ability, we have the language, we have the knowledge to take those works and lift them up as a form of prayer. Mm -hmm. Right. So we we know how to do that. Like that's what we've been taught our whole lives. We just have to take make a, a conscious effort to implement it.
0: Yeah. Right. Oh, for sure. For sure.
1: And two, so, I, I. Oh, oh sorry. I I one, thinking. one other little thing. Like the the beautiful thing about the Catholic faith is we have a treasury of prayers. Hmm. But because of that, <laughs> um, there's so much to pick from. And I right. loved that you talked about how it is a prayer of life. It is going, the structure is going to change. It's going to get deeper. It's going to look different. You're going to grow. And, and how that sort of evolves over time is um, mm-hmm. incredibly different. I mean, my husband and I, we've been married almost 15 years. And our prayer life has evolved into something. My own prayer life has evolved into something. Um, how we sort of are teaching our kids, that is changing uh, but just to make sure that that we as moms have those individual moments, whether it's lifting our hearts under um, the, the things that we're doing um, and calling upon God in those in those moments, um, like in the dishes or the laundry or like I you said, watching your kids uh, and just making sure that we have a personal connection. Right, it's that relationship building, and so that we make sure that whatever it looks like, whether it is a more formal structured prayer or a less structured prayer and just the calling upon his name, that there is something that is uniquely ours with uh-huh. because I think that a lot of times as moms, we don't have things that are uniquely ours. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know I
1: mean? yeah. We share just about everything. And so to make sure that that our that our communication with God, yes, it's important to do it with your husband and your children. Right, but That I'm a daughter of, mm-hmm. of God and to foster that and to whatever, whatever it looks like to make sure that that is our focus, that this prayer life or this prayer thing I'm doing now is uniquely my communication with God. I, right. And
2: I, I want to kind of double down a little bit on what you're talking about with that uniqueness. You know, we all communicate in different ways. Even though we're, we're all speaking English right now, the way that we talk and the way that we share ideas is all different mm-hmm. and, and God made that. So we have to also remember that the way that God speaks to us and the way that we speak to God is going to be different and it's going to be uniquely suited to us. So for some people, yeah, having that very regimented structured prayer life is what they need. But, you know, for people like me, it's more about just those little moments. Right. And um another way that God speaks to me is through dates, you know, special dates, because I love to be able to remember them every year. So he'll give me these gifts and these, you know, special things that happen on, you know, particular dates. Um, for example, I did the Marian consecration uh, on October 7th. That's my date. Um, And the first time I felt my daughter kick in utero was on October 7th. So, you know, he just kind of, he just kind of made that day really, really special, you know? So he does those kinds of things for me because he knows that that's something that speaks to me uniquely, right? Um, So looking for how God speaks to you as well, based on who you are and how he made you, I think is really important. And then playing on that. And, you know, maybe it's a prayer journal. Um, you know, maybe maybe you need to call up a friend and uh or Zoom with a friend and, <laughs> yeah. and have, you know, pray over each other. You know, I don't know. Whatever there's so many different ways to pray and so many different ways to invite God into your life. And I mm-hmm. think that that's what it really has to be about is giving God access over your life. Yeah. Yeah. He's a perfect gentleman, right? he's not going to go where he's not invited. We have to invite him. So God, I give you dominion over this day. That's why we have morning offerings, right? I give you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. Um, I give you access to all of that. Giving him permission, giving our omniscient God permission.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right, right. And I love that. I mean, we're talking about self-care. The theme of this conversation is self-care, but the foundation to all of that is prayer. Like, it has to be prayer. And I know one of the gifts of this whole time of, of self, self-isolation self or quarantine, whatever we're calling it these days, um, <laughs> is that it has forced us to slow down in a way. I mean, distance learning and working from home, it's, it's a, a crazy thing. But it is for like all of the, I know I get into task mode uh, and it's very easy to be like, okay, we're dropping kids off school. I've got to do this, 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 and this at school or at, at, at work. Um, I've got this event coming up, et cetera. All of that has been canceled. <laughs> so it's really been a gift to step back, slow down and say, okay, what am I doing today? Or, or really discerning in the moment, okay, what? Okay, what's going to be best for me and my family right now. Yep. And in talking about self-care, you know, it sounds, I mean, we're, we've spent a lot of time just talking about prayer itself. So once we've got that, that foundation in prayer, uh-huh. which is so crucial, is so crucial to have that foundation in prayer and starting the day with prayer, if we can, I know. And like we were saying, there's so many different ways that we can, yep. can do that morning offering Angelus the rosary, if, if, you're, if you're one of those Catholics. <laughs> um, which is awesome, don't get me wrong. Um, so kind of moving further into the day, because Emily, it really seems like uh, when I look at like your blog and uh, just how you've adapted to being a, a stay-at-home mom, because you were in the workforce and now you're a stay-at-home mom, it sounds like just from reading your story, uh, that finding a routine was really key for you. So can you talk about that? Just what what was it like? What is your routine, your daily routine? How does that work? But what was the process of kind of figuring out what worked best for you?
2: Yeah, so that was, it was jarring, honestly, when I left the workforce because, I mean, you're immediately hit with the fact that if you don't set a routine, it you are your own boss. You know, I call the shots now. And if I don't call the shots, my six-month-old's really not gonna care. So how do I develop that, you know, accountability,
0: basically? Yeah, discipline, yeah.
2: Right, and and when you lose that, leaving the, like, I don't have a boss who needs me to do X, Y, and Z by a certain time and date. I don't have coworkers who are, you know, complimenting me on what I wore to work that day. My kids could care less, you know? If I had planned to go to the park in my mind in the morning and we don't end up there, my kid's day is not shattered, you know? If I don't get out of my pajamas, my kid's day is not shattered. They still run up to me and give me sloppy wet kisses, you know, so I mean, it's like that, that feedback that I had become accustomed to was gone. So, and I started to see that a lot in the conversations once everyone discovered that, hey, we're all stay at home parents now. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. So that's why I kind of started talking about it. Um, but that, that need that we have to, to set up a routine is really rooted in our fundamental human dignity. Because what started to happen was if I didn't go to the park, if I didn't get out of my PJs, it became a negative feedback loop. Why do I need to do these things? It doesn't really matter. Like and and it just became a a devolution um of of my personality. And one of the things that I like to think about, you know, especially as a stay-at-home mom is that it's so easy to get wrapped up in my kids. But I have to always come back and remember I got married first before I had kids. Mm-hmm. My marriage came first. My husband fell in love with me, I fell in love with him, and our need to maintain who we are, with all of the changes that come through parenthood, which is great, you know, the fact that we change and adapt, we need to do that. Um, but always remembering that, you know, my marriage comes first, and the security that I can give to my kids through this, uh, the solidity of my marriage, is going to be far and away more important than anything else. So no, my husband doesn't really care. He's he's a Midwestern boy, and I love him for it. But he just doesn't really care if I get all dressed up. It's just not his thing. But I need to do it because it's a matter of having self respect. You know they, that old saying: dress for the job you want, not for the job you have. It still yeah. applies to your stay at home mom. It still applies. Um, dressed to be the kind of mom that you want to be, dressed to be the kind of wife that you want to be. I'm not saying we need to go full, you know, what's her face? Leave it to Beaver. I'm drawing a blank. Yes. Yeah, we're we're sure. not, we That's need to go full age. Mrs. Cleaver, but, <laughs> but we, like, there's a certain, uh, there's a certain element of common sense there, right? That if you take care of yourself, if you take care of your home, yeah. And making sure that you're prudent about what that practically looks like for you in your given situation. You know, um, I mean, I have it pretty easy. My kids take really nice, easy naps. Uh they're fine playing in their cribs till 7 30, even they, though they woke up at 6 45. You know, so I have it fairly easy. I know families who are dealing with, you know, kids with chronic illness, you know, all these different kinds of things. So as you develop a routine for yourself, govern it with, how do I set myself up to give love in the best way possible?
0: Mm.
2: Sometimes that is just sleeping in. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sleep is important. Um, Sleeping in in
0: sweatpants.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes, yes, because you know, maybe maybe a button fly is just too much effort for that day. So, you know, governing it with that question of where is the love needed right now? How am I best going to be able to give love? For me, what that looks like is getting up in the morning, taking a shower, having a couple cups of coffee, and getting my kids' breakfast ready for the day before I even get them up. Because when they get up, they are ready to eat. And if I can get them downstairs and into their high chairs with food in their face immediately, we all just get off to a better day. So... Now, there's days where it doesn't happen, and that's fine. You know, the kids had a rough night, so I slept in, so we got a rough start. Whatever. Tomorrow it'll be better. Um, <laughs> but taking that balance uh, and not forgetting yourself entirely. You know, we're supposed to lose ourselves, but we're also supposed to find ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's, mm. we've got to do, you you do both. You give yourself and then you get back, right? It's, yeah. If there's not a cycle created, there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. If all you're doing is
1: losing yourself, yeah, you need you need the flip right. side. To,
2: yeah,
1: to I like that. how you mentioned that because earlier when we first started talking about just the whole idea of self care, for some reason, um, I was taken to like my high school days, and I remember at a retreat they were talking about like you have this cup and it's full with water, and you have it in the morning, and then basically what you're expected, I guess, to do is to empty yourself. And then refill it. And I think part of my struggle as a mom is like, oh, do I have, or as a wife, do I have one more drop to give? Mm. I mean, like, what does emptying myself completely look like? And it doesn't mean sacrificing self care. And I think that that's the important thing. Like, it's not saying, oh, the last drop is actually care for myself, so I'll just pour it out too. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I don't know. That's what I think about. Like, um, yes, emptying ourselves out, but that doesn't mean emptying ourselves of what we need to fill us back up. Because like, if we're full of vinegar, we're going to pour out vinegar. <laughs>
2: right. Right. And and also, I think it's it's recognizing that too. That yes, in giving we receive, but our children are young and they cannot give us what we need right? And and recognizing that our family members are not there to satisfy our needs, we're going to have to do that ourselves, you know, through prayer, through these routines that we set up for ourselves, that those are the ways that we make sure that we stay in shape to continue to pour that love out, that that, that, that balance and that cycle of pouring out and receiving is maintained. Um, and then not fretting when it gets out of whack, you know, that's why we... We'll eventually get back the sacraments right confession and eucharist like avail yourselves of those like whenever one of the things that i've noticed is when i get when i go off on my kids and i just have a really short fuse i go to confession because i'm like i can't do this on my own and there will be evenings uh the church where we used to go they had confessions at seven o'clock my husband from, was home from work I was like, babe, I need you to take the kids. I'm gonna go to church for an hour or 30 minutes or something. I'll, I'll be back soon. And I would go, and he'd be like, go. <laughs> Cause he knows he's gonna get a happier wife back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I would go and it didn't, you know, it didn't mean that I didn't always walk back in the door and just let loose again, but, but it was that constant working, mm-hmm. right? And we never, we never become discouraged, as Pope John Paul II said. You know that we're constantly working on that and and availing ourselves of the sacraments and realizing that we are works in progress. We go to confession to try to uproot these habitual sins, but it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lifetime of confessions to do it, and that's okay. Yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. And I and I like kind of what you're I mean what you're pointing to is um, the. Or you mentioned this in your your blog posts too—the need for or realizing that you're part of a team within uh-huh. your family. And I know for us, it's knowing that our spouses are there to support us in in what we're doing. That it's not all on us to right. fix everything. And I know that's the that's the temptation that I can fall into sometimes. It's like I gotta fix everything because yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I'm mom and I just gotta I gotta do it all. Uh, but what I've also another gift I think that has come out of this this time of of being at home is realizing how my husband and I support each other in this because men need self care too, mm-hmm. and I'm realizing that it what self care looks like for me is very different than what it looks like for my husband Michael. Um, I think it was like week two or three of quarantine, I know that my husband was just like he kept going outside what the heck, like, <laughs> toys are like there's toys all over the floor, the kitchen's a mess, why does he keep going outside? But for my husband, like he needed that time outside. He's planted a garden, he got a tiller. Um, he's, he has done so many projects outside and he's, he's also working from home right now, he's a teacher. Um, and he needs time to process things in a different way. than than I do. So I am I am learning how to, to appreciate that. But I'm also learning how to ask for help Uh with caring for self. So like what you were saying, Emily, like just telling your husband, I need to go to confession. You watch the kids. I'm out. um, It's been similar things with me and Michael or my husband is so sweet. Like he will bring me a cup of coffee in bed in the morning and um <laughs>
2: I've <been> really... man. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love him so much, but I and I even told him I was like, you know, that really helps me to get my head on straight in the morning when no, he brings no. me coffee or and sometimes even breakfast. I am really spoiled. I am the first to to admit it. Um, but he he takes care of me in that way because he knows that if I can take a moment to get my head on straight instead of just jumping into, okay, somebody needs a diaper change or this or that or the other. Um, but I'm at the same time, I'm also learning that, okay, how can I give to make sure that he's taking care of himself mm-hmm. because we are a team. And those times when, when it's the most tense in Casa Johnston or when <laughs> we're not like that hierarchy of relationship, like first it's God, then it's spouse, then it's children. If my prayer life is off, then I can't be the wife and mother that I'm called to be, and I and I definitely can't, you know, love my kids or have that extra dose of patience yeah. <laughs> when it comes to to living this out. So, and I know we've been talking a lot through the lens of motherhood with this, and um, but I know that there there are single parents out there, but also that like I'm thinking of the young adult community right now who's really been cut off from. Community or from from college classes, campus ministry, whatever. Um, but yeah, Emily, can you can you speak to like the importance of self care even when you're not a mom, or ways to make sure that that you're caring for self when you don't have community?
2: Yeah, um, I do want to go back and just kind of touch on some of the things you were talking about within marriage a little bit. Um, that you know, as as mothers, we. We respond to our child's needs so instinctively Mm -hmm. that one of the traps that we can fall into is well i just need to do everything because it's easier Mm -hmm. and and sometimes but you know when i was working in dc in the conservative movement one of the things that we love to say all the time kids need a mom and a dad Mm -hmm. when you think about what that means tangibly it means that sometimes mama needs to check out so dad can step in he's not gonna do it like mom He may not do it as great as she does it. I mean, like I'll put my husband in charge of lunch and I come back and I'm like, so what'd you give him? And and he'll tell me, and I'm like, I never would have done that. But you know, they're happy,
1: they're fed.
2: Dad did something for them and mom got a break. All boxes are checked, we're good. Um, And yeah, and also my, my husband's the same way with getting outside and and that is kind of where he processes and because because men need to just be quiet to In that
0: box yeah right
2: yeah get, get him in their nothing box and yeah my since we moved into this house and we've had a yard he's been out there every evening every weekend mowing the grass and it didn't really need it you know <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and saying like, you need to go outside and do those things again, because the same thing that he recognized about me and the same thing Michael recognized about you. Uh, when you let your spouse have some time to themselves, the rest of the family life goes a lot smoother. Um, I will admit, I in terms of people who are isolated right now, and I do know a few people who are isolated, particularly a couple of people who are isolated and supposed to get married um and you know it's really yeah so they're not only by themselves but they have been trying to plan a wedding and everything's kind of falling apart um i I honestly i don't know because i don't have a personal experience with that Um, and and what i would just say is is that if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling like you're forgotten, if, you know, you're not, you know, I've, I've kind of been through some weird spiritual times where I was super angry at God, felt like he'd abandoned me. And it's not until you get to the other side of that, that, you know, you get hindsight. And I hate hindsight. It always shows up when you don't need it and then you forget it by the time you need it again. So it's like, <laughs> why? uh, <laughs> uh but no, I I mean I would just say that you're not you're not forgotten. Whatever whatever you're going through it's laying the foundation for something.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? When you go through these kinds of difficult periods where you might be questioning the goodness of God, you you can't figure out, you know, you might be asking god what are you smoking i've done that a few times
0: Um, (laughs) i've prayed that prayer yet but (laughs) i've
2: prayed it more than once Um, (laughs) but i think that that's it's it's this beautiful recognition that we are creatures and we don't understand him um, at the same time you know and it's giving him kind of access to to our confusion right um I, I encourage people who do reach out to me, pray honest prayers right now. Get honest. If you're angry, get angry. If you're confused, take as many tangents as you want. He's God, he can sort it out. Um, <laughs> he's, not, he's not gonna be put off by your anger because what we have to remember is God wants every single part of us. He wants every single part. He doesn't want the nice bits. He wants all of it. He wants the sins. He really wants the sins. Uh, <laughs> that's the thing he wants the most, right? Because that's what's separating us from him. But he wants it all. He wants it all. So don't, don't hold back. Now, it's going to require getting vulnerable, which none of us particularly like to do. Uh, it's That's a difficult exercise. But, um, yeah, I encourage people who are just like, you know, I want to grow in deeper relationship with God. Have you told him that, (laughs) you know, Jesus, my relationship with you sucks. I need help. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like just, just talking to him and developing that type of conversation with him. Like he's your friend because he is, you know, he's our brother. He's our father, all of these relationships, talking to him in those kinds of ways and developing that vulnerability, you know, I, I think that that can come through, uh, more extemporaneous prayer probably than formal prayer, even though you need mm-hmm. both. Um, but just just get really honest with him right now. Get really honest. There you
0: um, go. And I think that can include asking God to help us with our routine because I know that's that's something that I feel like I'm just now just dis- and it, that this whole time of of quarantine has has really forced me to figure out okay what is the routine. And really asking, okay, like, hey, God, what is the routine that's gonna work best for, for me and my family? Because I can't mm-hmm. I can't do this compare and despair thing. That's not gonna work. Yeah. So yeah, what is I I want order, and God is a God of order. Right. <laughs> he is a god of chaos. Um, and that's been refreshing to to remember. So yeah, yeah, just being very honest. I, I he's need
1: also flexible. Yes, yes. There you go. God there of you, order, but he's also flexible. He's also flexible. <laughs> And oh, I think, too, just to, um, just to touch on that, too, with maybe people who, um, like the young adult group, and I don't know exactly what their situation is, um, but I know with parents and moms, like, we're now at home with our children. And so the availability to just really sit there and, like, walk the process of, like, okay, becoming aware of yourself, because we had talked about how self-care begins with prayer and self-awareness. So Uh it can be a really great time for our young people to explore both of those things, to explore prayer, um, to to read up on different forms of prayer, to dive into the lives of the saints, um, and then also to become more self aware. Uh, Uh What are the what am I experiencing right now, and why Uh am I angry? Like what's the cause of that, or why do I feel lonely? and those I wish that I would have learned to do that when I was younger mm-hmm. do you know what I mean I I wish I would have explored a little bit more of like different forms of prayer um learned self-awareness and like really identifying my intention my drive like why I'm feeling certain things and and to be okay feeling those right but it was almost as if like I'm angry and I'm sad, but I'm not going to address it because nobody wants to hear about it. And so, and I just think for our young people, since they're not—I mean, they might be taking care of brothers and sisters or aunts and uncles. I don't know what it looks like, but if they have the time to avail themselves to really exploring that, I encourage mm-hmm. that because this is a really great time to work on those two things: prayer and self-awareness, which will lead to. Better self care, and then we can give. Um, we can give love to people. Like, where is love needed? Exactly. And then, what do I need in order to pour that out to others? Right. Exactly. Yeah, and
2: um. Oh. Sorry, we might need to pause this part. I just. Sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I really wanted to highlight what you were talking about with. Um, feeling your feelings essentially uh which is how it's kind of termed but emotions are neutral they're neither good nor bad um it's what do you do with them what how like how do you channel that into good behavior right this is why we have you know we understand something called righteous anger right it's not bad to be angry it's What does that emotion propel you to do and react? Um, That's what you need to be more concerned about. But I would also say, you know, to people who are worried about opening up, this is the big thing that I've learned through my blog and Instagram. Vulnerability breeds vulnerability and it makes healing possible. When you speak openly and honestly about what you're going through I can't tell you the number of people, when I talk about motherhood, when I talk about NFP, when I talk about marriage, the people coming out of the woodwork going, I thought it was just me. And there's somehow this validation and this healing that happens through them realizing that they're not alone. You know, And, and so I would encourage anybody who's stuffing these things down because they think nobody cares. No, if you open up, you're giving somebody else the opportunity to see that, they have somebody who's walking the same road with them, mm-hmm. right? You know, you can, you turn yourself into a Simon of Cyrene, essentially. You know, a Veronica on, on the road to Calvary, you know, wiping their face, helping them carry their cross. And, or a Samwise Gamgee for my Tolkien fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just love that line in the movie. Anyway, um... But yeah, so so don't be afraid to open up and speak. And, and I know that what I'm asking is something big because we don't naturally like to be vulnerable. We don't naturally like to give people a window into our life because we're giving our, we are opening ourselves up to be either deeply loved or deeply hurt. Mm-hmm. And probably too many of us have gotten the deeply hurt part when we opened up. So, you know, we just, because of our sin nature, we're like, I'm just going to keep all this in here. Um, but you know, in in the right context, you know, with with you know, if you feel like you need to say something that might be a little uncomfortable, I encourage you to go for it because uh, you just you don't know what that's going to open up, and that's that's been probably one of the most rewarding things through my total wine blog is, and it, it has actually been incredibly healing for me. You know, all of the struggles that I've had, particularly with NFP, through talking about my own issues and struggles in a very honest way, um, hopefully truthful way, but very honest way, uh, people have said, it's, it's me too. Uh, Not that phrase, (laughs) but. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh gosh. Uh, How many hashtags have we used now? Um, (laughs) Anyway. Right? You know, so yeah, I would yeah. encourage people. You know, don't be afraid to open up. I know that it takes guts, but do it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. You know, courage doesn't mean that you're not afraid of doing something. It just means that you look that fear in the face and tell it to go away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta do
0: it. You go. And I know one thing that we had discussed in just preparing for for uh, for, for this is really pointing out that that Jesus. Took care of himself too, yeah. <laughs> and, and there's. I think it's. It might be the version of. I have the walking on water painting in my office. Favorite Bible story, um, and I can't remember if it's Mark or Matt. I think it might be Mark's version where it explicitly says Jesus meant to pass by them, <laughs> but they they saw him and. Got a little freaked out, so he's like, "Okay, here, I come." But there are multiple times in Scripture where Jesus will do things like go off to the mountain to pray, or get in a boat and go ahead of people because yep. <laughs> he's collecting. And I'm sure there's been like a study on like what personality type or temperament is Jesus. Um, <laughs> but I think but, he would be all of them, right? Because usually a have perfect like, match. Yeah. But yeah, just recognizing that if Jesus needs to take a minute. <laughs> yeah
2: exactly (laughs) exactly yeah i mean jesus ate he slept he wept and he was thirsty you know and but but what's interesting is is when you look at those stories all of his human need like he embraced his humanity fully and all of those human needs when he met them it was an opportunity for ministry you know my favorite one of my favorite stories is the woman at the well It's noon in the middle of the desert, the guy could use a drink, right? And so he, but it becomes this moment of connection. What does he have in common with a woman who's on husband number five? Nothing, but they're both thirsty and they're both thirsty ultimately for the same thing. And that is the moment where he connects with her. And then in the gospel, we see that she becomes kind of his, uh, his John the Baptist in that town, right? And brings other people to him because of that connection that he made with her that started with a very human need. So I think that we need to see that, you know, I I think that it's important for my children to see that I have needs, that I need to drink water, that I need to eat lunch, that I need to get dressed too. Um, You know, like all of these things, my, my kids need to see that because that's healthy. And I'm trying to teach them how to have a healthy holistic life There you go. and kids learn from watching their parents so i should Ooh. model that for them so that they can they can learn it not just by me telling them but
1: by watching me do it mm-hmm. or try to do it <laughs> yeah. yeah i love that you mentioned that you know that you find jesus uh, attending to his needs and then going off to a mountain to pray i mean he had a world to save uh-huh. you know um and he finds the time to do that like he really could he didn't have to go off or he could have healed more people than he did he could have traveled farther and so sometimes like when I think about this concept of self-care like well, I could maybe I can do one step further or one step further or do the one extra thing that um, which is usually why I don't take care of myself um the way that I should but to know like, Jesus, in his mission to save the world, still knew that he needed, like, how to respond to the needs of others, uh-huh. um, how to go off to pray, and we are not saving the world. I mean, we're joining Jesus's mission to spread his truth, um, right? But if he is going to do that, just learning from that example, and I love that you even brought that, brought that up, um, that. We are, it's not our job to save the world. Jesus already did that. There you
2: go. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say, kind of building on that, you know, Jesus, he he took those times to do that. He could have started earlier. You know, we don't see any of the 30 years of his life in Nazareth, right? We only see a, a small portion of the three years of his public ministry. You know, he could have started way sooner. I mean, he kind of sort of did at 12, but, you know, we don't see anything else. We didn't right. see anything before. We didn't see anything after until the wedding at Cana, right? So that that understanding and really it was establishing the beauty and the primacy of home life, I think, um, that okay. just because people don't see what you're doing doesn't mean it doesn't matter and that it's right. not, you know, yeah. um, but yeah, I think that you know he was fully human, and he did. You know that those times where he tends to those needs, it was an affirmation of humanity—not just his humanity, but our humanity. Don't diminish this things. You need, right. to, you need to sleep. Sometimes you need to get in a boat and just leave the kids. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all of these things need to happen right. in balance. And dean I love. You know, when we were talking about the story of walking on the water and how you particularly noted that jesus had intended to just pass them by how many moments like that do we encounter as mothers where we intended to get those times away but the needs of the moment were just like nope, i i have to i, I have here. to i have to get yeah. in the pump. dang it okay i was gonna be sneaky but <laughs> it's just not gonna work right now okay. so that you know that constant balance and interplay and it's Prioritizing love. Where does the love need to be right now? That's what it is. Yeah. And that's moment to moment. That's your your yes. staff routines, your but you're constantly checking. Yes. It. Yeah.
0: Oh, I, I feel like that can be the whole summary of self care. <laughs> prioritizing yes. love. Right? Yes. Prioritizing
1: there you go.
0: And whatever that. This has been such a helpful conversation, and I know we could just chat
1: forever. <laughs> I could stay here forever. <laughs> and Emily, <laughs> we will definitely. Like, we will so definitely. Like
0: we're, we we got to have you back on. For yeah, our, you I'd love some, to be back. Some NFP stuff. We'll, we'll get you back on for that. You for know I have many things to say about that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Can you tell, just share with people, where can they find you on social media, your blog, all that good stuff?
2: Yeah, so I am TotalWine.com, but wine with an H. Um, you know, because Jesus made it, my kids do it, and I drink it. That's <laughs> That's my tagline. Uh, <laughs> um, and then on Instagram, I am uh, same spelling, total wine with an underscore after uh, you just search total wine on Facebook. Um, I do a lot more on Instagram than I do on Facebook. Most of everything that shows up on Facebook is just transferred from Instagram. So, um, yeah, check
0: it uh, out. Please <laughs> check her out. Your, your Instagram posts are... Beautiful and keep yeah. me laughing <laughs> and great insta stories, all of that. So like, Mickey, maybe you can mention just kind of what we've got going on with the institute and where people can find us.
1: Sure. So we've been we've been trying to put out a lot of things now that um, with the self-quarantine and isolation, uh, we've been trying to move things to a more digital platform because that's how people are connecting and learning. So Um, I recommend that you follow us on all the social media accounts. or our St. Philip Institute Facebook page. We have an Instagram, a Twitter account. Um, Check out our website, stphilipinstitute.org. We are updating all the time. And also, we we, we have a podcast. So if you haven't subscribed, subscribe to the podcast. But also let us know what you want to hear about. I mean, we could, Dan can like brainstorm like, we want to talk about this. But if it's not what y'all need to hear at this moment, you know, so we really right. want to hear from our audience if there are um, things about the Catholic faith or moral living or the life of moms and children and whatever is related to teaching or living the Catholic faith, we want to know um, and hear from you. So um, for the podcast, if you want a certain topic, it is email us at St. Philip Institute. Podcast, podcast at stphilipinstitute.org. Thank you. Yes your emails follow us on the social media check out our website um and we we do we want to hear from you
0: we do we really do well thank you again emily this has been such an awesome conversation Mm -hmm. and very insightful (laughs) for just me personally and a great reminder uh let's just close with a prayer in the name of the father and the holy spirit Amen. amen uh lord we just We praise you and we thank you and we ask that you help us to be rooted in you. Help us to uh, know and love you the way that you're calling us to so that we can love and serve others. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the the beginning,
1: beginning, is now, now, and ever shall shall be, be.
0: world without end. end. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, y'all. Thanks. Bye.
1: Thanks for
2: having me. Thank you. Okay.